when asked about what helped you flourish in your current career, you had talked about growing up in a steel town not too far from Toronto, and there was an experience you had. Um, I believe it was with your dad that triggered something. Can you share that? Oh yeah, when I was uh, really young, I went to the art gallery of Hamilton, and my dad always was really good about exposing us to creative things and artistic things, even though we were living in a steel city. And I, I had this this really vivid memory of, of him taking me to this Paul Klee exhibit at the Hamilton Art Gallery, and it was you know, abstract expressionism and it was really avant-garde and it was really kind of unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And I just remember like the way it made me feel. And I remember standing there and looking at these giant paintings and having this feeling that made me think, oh, like this is, this feels like me. Like this feels like what I'm, not that I'm going to be a painter or not that I'm going to, but like something about it just connected to me and made me feel like this thing of like, oh, there's this whole world out there that I don't know anything about yet. And I'm going through and I'm going to be part of that. That's what excites me. Like, that's what kind of moves me is, is being part of a world that is, our, 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 you know, an artistic world. Hello, everyone. This is Nova Lorraine with Rain Magazine, and we are here on the Rain Podcast. I am so excited to interview Kathleen Robertson today, and we're going to dive a little deeper on who she is. But first, just wanted to remind you that we are here to inspire millions worldwide looking for the next big names in fashion, culture, and technology. We're on the hunt, so if you know of anyone or have heard of anyone that we should be looking out for, please send them our way. In the meantime, we want you to sit back and relax and get to know Kathleen a little bit. Hello, Kathleen. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. good. I'm actually doing great because the weather has been amazing these last few days. So yes, yeah, I definitely, I, I respond to like really great weather. <laughs> yeah, me too. I grew up in Hamilton, Ontario. So I'm very grateful to live in Los Angeles, be able to wear a t-shirt in winter. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I am in a tank top right now and I'm just like, life is good. <laughs> yeah, totally. We're spoiled. We're spoiled. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know Kathleen, we're going to go way back to 90210. If you are one of those addicted fans, you will know who Kathleen is. She started her career some time ago and has been just pushing ahead ever since. But one of the things that we took note on is Kathleen is not only an actor and performer, but she also is a creator. She's writing and producing. And um, are you directing as well, Kathleen? Um, I'm attached actually to direct something, yes, which will be hopefully happening within the year. But yes, I, I, I am hopefully going to be doing all of those things. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So one of Kathleen's most recent project is Netflix's anticipated family drama, Northern Rescue. But you may have also seen her in Murder in the First, across from Tay Diggs. Yes. That was three years we did that show, uh, filmed it in LA, and it was on TNT. And yeah, it was great. I got to play a cop for the first time. So that was really cool. I got to wear super comfy clothes and not have to wear <laughs> my favorite job, which is always my favorite kind of job when I get to be comfortable. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really fun. It was actually a really fun role for me. And um, Tay was hilarious and we had a great time together. So yeah. 
That's awesome. And that was quite different from your role as a drug lord in Bates Motel. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. No, that was also pretty... um, I was kind of obsessed as a kid with Psycho, Mm. the original original Hitchcock film. Yeah, yeah. um, My 13th birthday party was actually a Psycho-themed birthday party. Wow. I was so into it. And so when I got the call to do Bates Motel, I was hysterically freaking out because I was so into that movie and it was just like, it just felt like it was like meant to be. When I heard they were making it into a TV show, I was like, I have to do this show. And it weirdly like fell into my lap. Carlton Cuse, who was the creator of that show, was a huge fan of um, Boss, which was the show I was on before. Yeah, yeah. And so he was like, oh yeah, I want to offer you a part on the show. I have to have you on the show. So it was like one of those things where it was just, it all aligned and yeah, it was pretty exciting. That so you see so you set that emotion way back in your childhood, I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. For sure. That I was mean, destined, was like you so were destined for Bates Motel. I was I was totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that show was oh gosh, hypnotizing. I mean, it was just phenomenally shot and written. Um yeah. I'm sure it was an incredible experience being part of that. It really was. Every job you do has sort of interesting things about it but that one was particularly you know cool like just the sets and the the way it, it was shot and the directors were all so fantastic and you know Vero's such great act you know they're all just such great actors so yeah it was really that was a, that was a fun one so switching gears a little bit tell me about the award-winning mockumentary the business oh that was really cool the business was actually the first time I produced something and that was for IFD and it was very improvisational. We sort of, you know, uh, centered around, I played this, this young woman who was working as an independent film producer and sort of the trenches of Hollywood. And she was like super, super kind of hardcore and trying to keep shit together. And she was surrounded by all of these, you know, really eclectic, crazy characters that she was sort of trying to keep in line and sort of keep, keep everything focused. But it was really fun. I mean, it was, um, I don't, I don't get offered a ton of comedy, which I love doing. And I, they, you know, they came to me with it and they were like, Oh no, we feel like you're, you're great at comedy. We're going to have you do this. And so I was super, super excited, but yeah, it was a lot of improv. I mean, and with great comedic improv actors. So every week we would kind of just be like, here's the script and it's sort of a jumping off point, but the rest would just be like, go, just go for it. And, you know, be silly and take chances and, you know, sometimes you fail miserably and it's not right. funny. At all. <laughs> <laughs> that was genius. <laughs> yeah. So that was, yeah, that was fun. We shot it in Montreal, which is uh-huh. a gorgeous city. I love, I love filming there. So, yeah, that was a good one. It was fun. So how was it switching hats to be the executive producer of that project? Like was, did you have to get into a different mindset or um, was it something that you preferred doing? versus just acting. Tell me about that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely loved it. And I felt like it was an introduction for me to sort of what then brought me to where I am today, which is that's now, you know, kind of now it's, it's come so much more full circle for me. And I'm now, now I have a deal at Universal and I have, you know, not just for me to write, but also to just produce things that other people write that I find, whether it's books or podcasts or articles. And so, yeah, that, that first experience on the business was sort of like the moment I think where I kind of went, Oh yeah, this is really, this feels like what I'm meant to be doing. And I yeah, just felt like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like, it's just as an actor, you know, I mean, I've been acting for 
a million years. So I feel like it was the natural progression for me that I sort of started feeling as an actor, like just antsy. Like I was like, okay, I know how to do this and I've been doing this forever and it's great and I love it, but I'm also kind of ready for more, more, yeah, growth and more, you know, just more challenges and more sort of areas that I, I, I don't know how to do. Um, and that's kind of what drove that. That was one of the things that stood out to me when I was introduced to what you're doing now is the fact that you are writing and producing and exciting to hear that you're also going to be directing as well to make that transition. And there are so many actors and performers that would love to hear how and, you know, is it just by chance or luck? You know, of course you did the business, but moving on towards the adaptations that you're doing now, one which I believe will be starring Julia Roberts, correct? That's right. Yeah. And and then your deal with uh, Universal Cable Productions. Give us a little insight on that. And if you were going to give advice to someone else that would, you know, love to be in your shoes where you are now. Take us on that journey a little bit. I think, you know, it's really, it's really kind of one of those things where it's not as difficult as it seems because it's really simple. It's hard work (laughs) and that's really what it is. Like it's being um, able to take a ton of rejection. And when I first started writing, the scripts I wrote were mediocre at best And I just would get notes and I would work on them more and more. And I would get them to a place where they felt maybe a little better. And then I would say, okay, like I'm going to go and do something different now. And I'm going to write another one and I'm going to option a book. And I'm going to, I'm going to just, I just never stopped writing. Like I would literally just, you know, when I was on set, I would be acting. And then when I would have all that downtime, I was like, this is what I'm going to do with all this downtime. Instead of sitting around on set, reading a book or reading a magazine or gabbing with people, I'm going to go back to the trailer and I'm going to write. Um, so I just cranked like for years, I just, for years was like, kind of like a little, and that's, I mean, I have a 10 year old son and I'm always sort of talking to him about work ethic. And I feel like, I don't know if it's something you can learn. I don't know if it's something you're born with. I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason I have crazy work ethic. Like I just, I'm, I'm just a worker bee. Like I just love it. Crank, 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 crank. It's kind of like my comfort zone. So I, I really just started writing. You know, I didn't, I didn't necessarily. You know, I took a few classes. I did like the obvious things, like I took like the you know story class by Robert McKee, and I and I did some you know some seminars and some some um, you know I went online and just kind of Googled and took you know a few random writing courses, and then I. I bought, you know, which is what I also do a lot of, which is just like, just go on Amazon and I buy like every book on the subject. And I read like every screenwriting <laughs> book that was ever written. Like just right. like. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You sound like my twin. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I would highlight all the stuff that really connected to me and I would print out stuff that really resonated and I would tape it on my wall. And it was, you know, it was just like years and years of that kind of stuff. And at the same time, I was always like, I didn't, you know, I went, I, I was acting all through high school, so I never went to college. And so I am a total like autodidact. I just, I'm always learning and always trying to read because I feel because I didn't go to college, that sense of like, I don't know everything I need to know. And so it all, yeah, it, it all just sort of came from that. Like, it wasn't like I got a lucky break or somebody just gave me, it was all just like me going, I'm going to will this into fruition and this is what I want to do. And I'm going to, 
And I know that it's going to take a lot of hard work. And even then the, the chances are it won't happen, but I'm going to try it anyway. And, and look so, at you now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really did pay off. Like yeah. I, but all those years of me, like, you know, going and sitting at the library all day, like not, you know, and just reading at the library and taking notes and writing crummy scripts that never went anywhere and all that work, you know, it luckily sort of ended up paying off. <laughs> Hard work, guys. Pay attention. Yeah. Take notes. I know. It really is that. And I, I tell that to my son all the time. I'm like, he's like, I want to be an actor. And I'm like, well, you can be an actor, but you got to start training and you got to get in class and you got to learn all your different dialects. And, you know, you have to read all the great playwrights and you have to have respect for it. It isn't just about being a celebrity, you know, that's the least interesting part of it. <laughs> well, that's what, I mean, in, in our current day of influencer ma- mania, I think, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the younger generation, that's sort of what they're focused on. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it does not take uh, just showing up day one and day two, you're a five-time award nominee, you know, it doesn't, doesn't happen like that. So I really love how you, you brought, to the fourfold, you know, hard work, just plain and simple, if you're ready to hit the ground. And being a Canadian native, first of all, how did it feel the first time you got your nomination, your Canadian Screen Award nomination, but then to get it five times? I mean, I've never won. (laughs) That's all right. You know what? You were recognized enough. You have gotten further than most. So to be recognized, to be nominated, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, it's, 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 yeah. When I, it was funny when I, I think, I don't remember what year it was, but I was on this series called Girls Club. That was this David E. Kelly series that was on Fox and it was supposed to be this big hit. And it was like, ordered 22 episodes in the air and it got canceled after three episodes because it was a huge flop. (laughs) And I had gotten nominated for best actress for this movie I did called and David E. Kelly called me at home and he was like, well, I hope you win this weekend because I just got canceled. (laughs) I flew to Toronto Toronto and I was like so upset and I didn't win that either. So there you go. (laughs) But I just got back on the horse and I kept going. Uh, speaking of Toronto, when asked about what helped you flourish in your current career, you had talked about growing up in a steel town not too far from Toronto. And there was an experience you had, um, I believe it was with your dad that triggered something. Can you share that? Oh, yeah. When I was uh, really young, I went to the art gallery of Hamilton. And my dad always was really good about exposing us to creative things and artistic things, even though we were living in a steel city. And I, I had this this really vivid memory of, of him taking me to this Paul Klee exhibit at the Hamilton Art Gallery. And it was, you know, abstract expressionism and it was really avant-garde and it was really kind of unlike anything I'd ever seen before. And I just remember like the way it made me feel. And I remember standing there and looking at these giant paintings and having this feeling that made me think, oh, like this is this feels like me, like this feels like what I'm not that I'm going to be a painter or not that I'm going to, but like something about it just connected to me and made me feel like this thing of like, Oh, there's this whole world out there that I don't know anything about yet. And I'm going to, and I'm going to be part of that. That's what excites me. Like that's what kind of moves me is, is being part of a world that is our, 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 you know, an artistic world. And, uh, yeah, it was just an interesting memory to have. That's interesting that you said that you saw the painting or something that was in the creative realm and it just touched you. But then you also knew 
it was that wasn't the direct translation. So you're really just like really, I would say, tuned into your intuition, which is very well at a young age. You know, it takes a lot of us a long time to get there. Right, right. Tell me about so we talked about a ton of successes and and some accolades and awards, but I'm sure there were some setbacks along the way. Can you discuss one of the ones that stood out to you and maybe almost prevented you from moving forward? Mm, oh my God, there's been so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, trying to think about like one that would be, I mean, I think, you know, it's weird. Like the, the, the life of an actor is, is I, I, I'm finding anyway, like the, the rejection that you deal with as an actor is, is, is almost more it's it's very difficult and especially when you you know it's sort of every level is different and when you get to different levels it becomes a different set of issues but when you're really young and you're living in a city and you don't really know anyone I mean when I first moved out here like I didn't know anybody and I didn't even have a green card you know I was I was just kind of like trying to get little jobs here and there and and I remember you know just feeling like this just is not gonna happen like it's just there's a thousand girls that are prettier than me and smarter than me and more talented than me and like how is it even possible that I ever would be chosen you know when I when I would go into these rooms and there would be you know just rows and rows of girls all sitting waiting outside that all kind of looked like prettier versions of you. (laughs) And you're just kind of like, this is not possible. I mean, I'm wasting my time. And my, my it was like, my twenties were kind of weird because I, you know, I moved here and I did get 90210 very quickly, which was sort of unusual. And that was massive. And that was its own thing. But then after that show, I really wanted to, you know, I really wanted to be a real actor. I didn't want to be a soap opera actress and I didn't want to be, known for that, for, for being that. And so I went back to school and I went and took acting lessons and I really tried to sort of forge the independent film path. And, and that was really, um, you know, at that time there was a ton of independent films being made and it was actually possible to make a living as an independent film actress. Nowadays, it's not so easy, but I really, really, you know, after that, like there was periods in my twenties where I, I just didn't, I just couldn't get a job. I just wouldn't get hired. And I was always told that I was like too strong and like too, too intense. And my energy was like very like, you know, uh, what it is, which is like, you know, a little hardcore. <laughs> and so that in the, in my twenties, ironically, that wasn't really there. Like there weren't a lot of roles for that energy. And as I got older, all of a sudden I was like, holy crap, I'm working like all the time. And it was because once I became a woman and I wasn't a girl anymore, it's all about being strong. And it's all about like, you know, being, you know, able to like go toe to toe with the guys. Like, I mean, now all the roles I get cast in, like, that's why I get cast. Whereas like the very thing that made me not able to maybe get a job in my twenties now in my, you know, my thirties and forties, it was like, oh yeah, that's what we want. We want someone that is like, badass and that's much more fun to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah. So there was a, a comment that you made that struck me and, and just stayed with me when asked, what would you change on your journey as a creative entrepreneur in the interview with, of course, our, our volume 33 edition that you recently did? You said you wish you had let people read your stuff earlier. And so you said you could have been doing this all for the last 20 years. 
That's really interesting because most people, you're on this journey, you start one place and it just takes you down a path. And along that path is sort of what helps shape, you know, the future places that you end up. But you feel that, as you mentioned earlier in the conversation, that it just felt right. Like this is what you should be doing when you did the executive production for that comedy. Tell me, share that with us. You said you wish you could have been doing this 20 years ago. Yeah. I mean, that's the only thing I would say is like a regret is that I, you know, I have two kids now. And so, you know, how much would I love to go off and do a little $2 million movie that I write and direct and star in and go off and like go to, you know, somewhere in Canada and like do what Sarah Pauly, you know, is doing. And like, I would love to do that, but I don't have the, like, I, I can't do that and be a mom and be an actor and have an overall deal and write features. And like, there's just not enough hours in the day to do everything. And so there are so many things that I wish I had have done when I was younger that like, I, yes, sure. I could still go do that. And I may still do that at some point when my kids are a little bit older, but it's, you know, like to go off and do an independent film, like that's your, that's your, that's a year of your life easy where you're, that's, you know, uh, that's, that's your life for that year. And I just don't know like how I would ever do that with then also balancing, you know, being a mom and, and, and writing and acting and everything. So that's the only thing that I wish that like, you know, I have a friend who's about 10 years younger than me and she's also a writer and she doesn't have kids and she's doing that. And I watch her doing it and I'm like, Oh, I wish I had you know, she's like, she's like, I'm going to do a short film this weekend. And I'm like, I'm going to do a short film this weekend. Like that's been so much fun. And, you know, anyway, so that's, that's, that's the, but not, again, not to say I can't do it and I won't probably do it, but it just would be hard for me to justify it to my family. <laughs> to be like, I want to go off and just be super indulgent and make a little movie this weekend, you know? <laughs> just yeah. for the weekend, a long weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's, that's great. In, in a recent interview with another actor that also writes and produces, um, she had mentioned that in Hollywood today or in the entertainment industry today, it's almost expected of you to do everything. And, you know, once upon a time you came into a movie house and you signed a contract for X number of films, then it went to, um, you weren't exclusive to one movie house and you were able to, you know, go from theater to television to the big screen. But do you feel that the industry has evolved where the demand for those that can write, produce and direct and act is is at that at the all time high or or is it stay in your lane and then oh great if you happen to do that that's a bonus but we're not necessarily looking for that like what what would you say in terms of the trend and where it's going I mean I do think it is I mean I I do think it is a little bit you know it, it is interesting right now I feel like again even like five years ago it was when I was you know first really seriously going out as a writer and letting people read my stuff and. And, you know, all of that kind of stuff, I, um, I felt, I felt like it was, it was almost like nobody else was really doing it. And it felt sort of people were a bit, people were a bit like, you're an actor. Like, what do you, I don't really get it. But now it feels like you're right. That everybody's kind of expected to not just be an actor, but they're expected to have like a an overall deal and be producers and be developing material and be, have a brand and, you know, have workout gear and have a podcast. <laughs> and, 
you know, like it's just like what the, it's it's insane, and it's a, and it, sometimes it feels like it's one more way to make women feel like we're not enough. You know what I mean? It's like, isn't it enough just to be one thing? I mean, I'm the worst person saying it because I am that person. Like I I certainly don't want a perfume line or a brand of any sort. I, I bump against that stuff, but I do really, you know. I really do sort of feel the thing of like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to be like, I, I, you know, I look at what Ryan Murphy does and I'm like, ooh, yeah, I want that, you know, which is a lot more than just being an actor for hire. I mean, it's a completely different trajectory and it's, it's a full time, you know, it's ma- it's massive. So um, I think it is like a lot of people. I mean, I think a lot of people are really, you know, leaning into that and whether it's as, you know, writers or producers or I mean even like you know people like Anna Ferris doing the podcasts and you know clothing lines and people doing you know blogs and things about home decor and makeup you know, it's just everybody's kind of doing dipping their toes and doing additional things as opposed to just you know one thing which I think it's like great if that's what you want but I also think that you know as women we shouldn't feel like pressure like that we're not enough if we're not doing 50 things you know right no no I agree and I think that you know as a creative it's almost a natural instinct to continue to create especially to grow and sometimes it's within that space of just performance where you hear you know actors wanting to do live theater to expand and grow or or improv or something like that, or, you know, in your situation, moving into developing content as opposed to just um, translating it as, as a performer. And those that are, are able and interested in moving into the branding space, that's, that's, um, that's awesome as well. I just think that we're all here to create something and that's unique to each individual. And it's, but it's, it's fascinating to me to see the evolution in the industry where it's okay to be the creator and the performer where before there was a very strict line and you had a few that were able to cross that line successfully. And, you know, with the respect of the industry, I I think it's, it's exciting to see so many doors open. And in your case where you're not just creating stories, you're adapting stories, you're, you know, I love it. I just, uh, as a creative writer, I think it's exciting and I'm going to continue to be a loyal fan of yours and watch you and your projects. And speaking of projects, what are some of the projects you're most excited about that's on the horizon? Well, let me see. Right now I'm, I'm working on a project uh, for television that I can't talk about too much, but it's, um, it's through Universal, it's through my deal at UCP and it's with Charlize Theron. So that's been Ooh, amazing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I'm also working with documentary filmmaker Joe Berlinger on a project that's also through Universal. Um, it's a TV project. In the feature space, I'm, you know, I am writing Little B for Amazon and Julia Roberts, which is based on the book Little B, which is an awesome book if you haven't read it. It's great. And um, I'm also writing a movie right now for a director named Michelle McLaren. Uh, it's called Lady Killer, and it's based on the graphic novels Lady Killer. Oh, my uh, goodness. It's like a big, big kind of action movie. So it's very different than anything I've read before or written before. And it's due tomorrow. So ah, yikes. <laughs> I'm literally like working on it all day, doing this chat with you. And then I'm going to go back and reread it. Do more uh, notes, get it so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So fingers crossed. Oh they don't my gosh. It. Yes. I'm sending positive vibes your way. Okay. All of a sudden I just feel super stressed. 
for you. <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fabulous. It's be okay. And it's going to be on time. Tell us a quick behind the scenes story that just had you rolling. And every so often you'll flash back to it like, oh my gosh, that was hilarious. Do you remember behind the scenes on the set? This isn't really that. I mean, it, this is one of those stories that's not funny to anyone but the people that were in it. But when <laughs> I was doing when I was doing this that show that I just told you about, Girls Club, um, yeah. with Gretchen Mall and Gretchen Mall and I used to like we couldn't look at each other without laughing, and we would get in so much trouble. And we would have, we were both playing, playing lawyers, and we would do these scenes where. It would be like, I remember one night it was like 1130 at night and the crew was like burnt and everybody was like, it's time to go home. And we just could not get through this scene without laughing. And they were like, okay, enough. Like, let's stop. We're going to start again. And we'd be like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Breathe and be like, we're sorry. Okay. We're, we're good, we're good. And then the minute we would start, the second I would look into oh, her no. eyes, we would just burst. And it was, it was truly like, I'm even sweating thinking about it right now because it was one of those things where the more people were getting really angry oh, and the God. more it was becoming impossible to do, the more it was like, we can't, we, we can't do this. And we finally did it, but it was like the worst like laugh attack I've I ever had. I love it. Yeah. That's what makes it all worth it. It was, it was, yeah, she, we, for whatever reason, we always made each other laugh. So yeah. Um, that made me chuckle and yeah, I was there. Yeah. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. What words of wisdom will you share? I know we touched on hard work earlier, um, but for those that are aspiring into the field of entertainment or just stepping out on a limb and, and wanting to be that creative entrepreneur, uh, what would you share with them? I think like the best advice that I ever got. And I feel like that I like to give other young, you know, artists starting out is that, you know, connect and follow what is interesting to you specifically and not what you feel other people may resonate, you know, with, like, I feel like, especially with my writing, like the stuff that I write, that's the most personal that feels almost that it might be not for everybody ends up being for everybody because the more personal it is, the more universal it is. And so if you have an idea, you know, if you have an idea or a thing that you're connected to or something that you feel like, you know, there's something in me that tells me the world needs this. There's something in me that tells me like at this moment in time, people need to watch a movie like this or watch a piece of, you know, content about this because I feel this. Don't crazy and don't second guess yourself. And people might say, oh, that's not commercial. Nobody's going to want to watch a show about that. Those are those are the things that always, to me, end up being the most special and the most representative of who we are and of like, you know, who, who we, you know, who our souls are, like what we are inside, like the deepest things about us are ultimately the things that if we are brave enough to share those things, that that's what people really connect to. So that's, that's a piece of advice that I was given and, and it's been helpful for me. Oh, I love that. And yeah. um, the first time I'm, that I'm hearing that and I speak to so many people. So thank you for sharing that. I love that. The most, the more personal it is, the more universal it is, which seems contradictory, but it makes the most sense. It's like, ah, oh, that's so for simple. Sure. It's almost too yeah. like we were saying before. It's almost yeah, too simple. No, sure. <laughs> but yeah. it, it, you know, it does require letting down those, those walls that we tend to build up and, um, you know, being okay with being vulnerable and, uh, and being okay with not everyone resonating with that side of you or what resonates with you, but that what, that's what makes us unique. So thanks so much. I love that. Oh yeah. 
Well, I am so grateful that you found the time with these uh, gazillion projects you have on the horizon and one due tomorrow to sit down with us and, <laughs> and share sure. some sure. words of wisdom Happy. and take us yeah. on your journey as a creative entrepreneur. Um, for those that are just tuning in or have recently tuned in, we are talking with Kathleen Robertson, uh, actor, producer, writer, and director and creative entrepreneur. And she had shown, shared some great advice with us, some insight on her journey. And so either pick up the current issue of Brain Magazine, volume 33 with Kathleen as our cover star, or hit rewind and listen to this uh, podcast. Uh, again, thank you so much, Kathleen. And this is Rain Magazine, and we are here to inspire millions through the stories of the new and the rising in fashion, culture, and technology. Thanks so much. And until next time, bye-bye.